So last week, um, the message kind of stopped abruptly because uh, some demons switched off power. <laughs> there was a, so we had power cuts in the facility last week, and that's why it sounded like uh, there was a power cut. I mean, the, the message stopped abruptly. So I'll pick up from where I stopped last week. Amen. Unusually, I just feel like uh, I should say a few words of prayer before we get into the Word this morning. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We bless your holy name, Lord. As we go into your Word, Lord, we receive understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we stand our ground against uh, confusion because you are not the author of confusion. So we believe that we have clearer understanding as we receive your word this morning and it will fall on a good soil of in our heart where we have understanding and we're able to bear fruit 100, 200, 1,000 fold in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for in Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Praise God. So I started teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, this is the sixth uh, week we started talking about this. So this is season one of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, our main text was taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 14. Just to refresh our memory, I would like us to go there and let's quickly read. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 14. And I'll be reading the New King James Version. So NKJV read. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the, same, through the Spirit to another the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit to another faith, by the same Spirit to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of Spirit, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as a wheels. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many and one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one, is not one member, but many. So there's more context to uh, those few verses that I read out. The Bible is talking about the fact that we all have individual and unique roles to play in the in the in the church, in the body of Christ. And the Bible is also telling us about the manifestation, the evidence of the gift of the spirit. Now, you may have heard all manner of stuff about uh, the, the gift of the Spirit. Some, you hear some people say, you know what, uh, my own gift of the Spirit is word of wisdom, is word of knowledge. It's not true. And you will have heard a lot of people say, you know what, all of the gift of the Spirit is in you and you can manifest anyone as you like. That's not true. And I know respected people that say that, but that's not true. And if that is true... I can challenge them right now. Bring them in and ask them to demonstrate the power, the works of uh, the gift of um, of healing. I can tell them to manifest the words of wisdom. I can tell them to do that. They can do that because the Bible tells us that the manifestation of this gift is for the profit of all. So, depending on the need at that point in time in that local church, in that assembly, or in that group of believers, or in the life of the person you are reaching out to, 
depending on the need, the Holy Spirit will quicken you, will manifest that gift through you. So I would say that all the gift of the Spirit is available to all believers. And one of the reasons why we needed to kind of individually identify them is because of their application or in, uh, in settings where they manifest. Right? We need to clarify this to help people understand that you know, you can't just, you can't, there's no need, it's, this is where I begin to struggle. So there's no need for argument. Just come into here and manifest all the night gifts. Then we, let's come and manifest it and let us see. Who do you, who needs healing here that you want to heal? Except there's a need for healing. Or who, you know, discerning your spirit, all kind of, I mean, and, and, uh, what's called? Let me look. Okay, diverse kind. Let's look. Let's look, look at that one. Interpretation of tongues. Not that I want to go into it. If I'm not ministering in tongues, I don't need an interpreter. It just makes sense. An interpretation of tongues is not you hearing the language a person is speaking when they are speaking in tongues and you are translating it. Interpretation of tongues is not the same thing as translation. When a person is ministering to a local body, in a sense. But in tongues, interpretation is anyone who interprets that tongues will have to do it by faith. Because when they open their mouth to speak, just the way we open our mouth to speak in tongues, right, by faith, that person, when they open their mouth, they receive utterance. And they interpret, they don't translate. Amen. So if you find yourself in those two campuses, right, you are in the wrong campus because neither of them are correct. The, 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 now, the whole, all of the gifts can manifest through anybody. All of the nine gifts can manifest through anybody as the occasion demands, as the Spirit sees the need in the house. Amen. So I, I don't want people, I would discourage people to stop, not to, I would discourage people from seeing themselves as, you know what, I operate in the world of wisdom. I operate, this is my speciality. No, it depends on the need. So the truth is that some people, because they have trained themselves to, um, they've trained themselves to be more sensitive to that manifestation of the spirit, of the gift of the spirit, they may be more frequently used by the Holy Ghost in that direction because they have better understanding. So I would say that, and this is uh, tundiology, if you have a better understanding of how a, it's, always, it's laughing at me, a tundiology puts it down. If you have a better, under, the, the better understanding you have about this gift of the Spirit, in my own opinion, the Holy Spirit may be able to operate through you much more in that regard. Because, you know, it can communicate and reach the people, bless the people much easier through you than somebody who is not educated in that gift. So that does not mean that a person who operates more frequently in a particular gift of the Spirit have, um, have a special calling in that area. It's not true. I hope it makes sense. Right, so th that's one thing that, that I feel I should um, call out. So last week, what I did last week was to you know, ex share with us the things that God laid in my spirit concerning words of wisdom, the gift of the word of wisdom, and I, I kind of scattered the ground. when I've listened to the message twice myself, and I'm like, I also fired up. Right, so, but today I want to do the, what I wanted to um, share what I had in my note last week with you guys, which is more of my kind of teaching style. So, uh, the week before, I, I taught on the word of knowledge, or I and concluded on the word of knowledge. 
And um, we started talking about the word of wisdom last week. So you may be asking, what's the difference between the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge? So word of knowledge is a revelation of facts in the mind of God and which deals with the present and the past. And it can be about people, it can be about a place. But not about people's money, that one I know. And not about people's wardrobe, that I know. Amen. And I, I, did a, I, tried, I believe I did a good job two, three weeks ago showing us that everything God reveals to you about your present, about your future, about not your present, your past, you know, a place, is always tied into his, you know, one way or the other, what he wants to do through you in a sense, you know, his will for your life. I would say word of wisdom, the gift of the word of wisdom, uh, please always remember that part, gift, and I'll try to differentiate the word of wisdom and the gift of the word of wisdom here. And, uh, but permitting to use the word of wisdom, but bear in mind that when I use the word of wisdom, my main gift of the word of wisdom. Now, this has the revelation of um, God's plan and purpose. So, the word of wisdom is a revelation of God's plan and purpose, his intention, what he wants to do. I shared with us from uh, Ephesians 3.10 last week that to the intent that God wants to reveal is a manifold wisdom, in essence, Christ, the manifestation of Christ, the evidence of Christ, the mystery of Christ, um, to principalities and powers through you and I, the church. Amen. So whichever way God wants to do it or whatever he wants to do, right, whatever step he wants to take, whatever plan he has, whatever purpose, his intention, he wants to, he's going to give you a word, share his thoughts with you, what he wants to do to a very much extent, to get to, to kind of mobilize your resources to look in that direction or to act in that direction. Amen. Right, so that's word of knowledge, word of wisdom. So when we talk about the word of wisdom, there's general wisdom. And general wisdom are facts you can get in the Bible. No, not facts like that. So let, let, me, let me be more specific. So when I say general wisdom, I'm talking about the wisdom you need to deal with your face of life. The wisdom you need to manage your marriage. The wisdom you need to manage your kids. The wisdom you need to, man- to, to, to manage those funny guys in your workplace. Amen. I'm sure we all have some funny people in the workplace. Amen. The wisdom you need to even manage the church affairs. So those wisdom, those kind of wisdom is not the same thing as the, as the gift of the word of knowledge. Yeah. So say for instance, how to deal with teenagers in my church. Right? The wisdom I need to be able to manage them or manage some situations in the church is different from the gift of the word of wisdom. Right? So the gift of the word of wisdom is specific to the, God's plan and purpose, his intention. Amen? His purpose. So, general, so the ones that has to do with the, wisdom, the kind of wisdom or the words, words of wisdom that we may hear from maybe a wise person, you hear in the place of prayer, this is just to help you manage the affairs of life. Joshua 1 8 uh, says, and God speaking to Joshua, that you should meditate on the word of God day and night, that you may be able to observe what is you know, written in the Bible, in, in the word, yeah, and deal wisely with the affairs of life. So in the Bible, you will get wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, you will get, find some nice wisdom that will help you deal with situations, but it's not the same thing as the word of wisdom. Amen. Uh, so that's that one. So sources of general wisdom, you know, wisdom to deal with the affairs of life, you find them in the Bible, Proverbs has them, you, you hear them from the mouth of Jesus, the apostles and stuff like that. 
and people like that. You find it in books. Even the place of prayer, the Holy Ghost will give you words to help you deal with the situation. Amen. I, last, last week I was talking, I mentioned that we don't, okay, let me really connect it. So, what of wisdom is more foretelling because it is to the future. You know, it's, it's kind of popularly regarded as pre predicting the future. And I was trying to help us understand last week that what the, the appropriate use, no, not the appropriate use, the original manifestation of the word of wisdom would not be prophesying or predicting who you will marry. The question is, how does, it, how, how does that connect with the plan and the purpose of God? In a sense, I'm trying to say that Christians should mind their business and focus on what God is calling them to do. Sometimes I think, I think many believers don't have enough job in their hand. And I have, I have plenty of job at Transformers Church. I have a lot. You know, a lot to keep somebody busy and engaged for the next five years. Seriously. So if people think, don't think, they, if they think they, they are not busy enough, they should come contact me. There's work. There is serious work. My vision, my goal is that when people are on the train and they stop at the train station, you know, if possible, uh, those train guys should say the home of the Transformers Church. That's how influential and that's how relevant I want to be in MK and this environment. And do you know how much impact I have to make in the community and communities and streets and areas to get to that point? So there's work. So our social media have a strategy, have the calendar, but to, to generate the asset and to schedule them, to monitor them, I know how to do all those things. I can't do everything. So that one alone would take somebody, their nine-to-five job. I mean, it's a nine-to-five job on its own. So they have plenty of jobs that people can do. Amen. I, can, I know how to build an organization end-to-end -end from procurement down to market to, to sales, um, posts, sales and customer service and things. I, I know how to do it. So I need a team. I need people to do that. So if people, someone is jobless, they should come and, come and contact me. I know how to get them busy. Give them serious work that will help them add value to their life and to people's lives. So what I mean is that people should get themselves busy and stop prognosing into people's life and be say, mm, God told me. God told me this morning that the boy you will marry. So in case you're watching online, this is not me speaking. I'm quoting some other people. Amen. God told me that you're seeing a guy now. How many, I'm, sorry, I'm not seeing someone, so the lady may respond, I'm not seeing someone, no, no, but there's someone seeing you, right? There is a guy, and the girl starts thinking, because they said the guy is a man of God, and the girl starts thinking, yeah, there is a guy in your workplace, yes, in my workplace. No, 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 you're not paying attention. Somebody is tricking you to say something into your life. And some of them are very accurate because they work with strange spirit, familiar spirit. We should, we should think about it. Now, people who are not born again, who are not children of God, can see clearly into people's lives and give you facts, details. They are not born again and they do this by evil spirit. So why should they be surprising when someone comes to church and they are, they are saying things about your life? It should not surprise you. But what should be listening out for is what are they saying? To what intention? To what motive? 
And I also want to say that if a person does not know the mind of God, if a, if, if a Christian is not a true, genuine Christian, taught the word of God, they can be easily deceived. A number of uh, comments and messages have come to me about situations. I said, I can't help these people. If you come to Transformers Church, I will teach them the word of God and they will be able to discern. I can't go, can go into the word and correct it, the, the wrong theology and doctrines that people have. I'm only accountable to my sheepfold, and I will try as much as possible to reach people through social media when I go for evangelism. But I cannot correct all of the doctrine in people's mind because I know people, at least one person, who loves this you know, signs and wonder kind of thing. They are never stable in their Christian life because they will give me the name of one man of God who is popular and famous in Nigeria. They will give me the name of that man of God. They will tell me, do I know this? And I've also seen many Christians who knows the name of many Christians and ministers of the gospel that they know the Bible. Do you know this guy? 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 And then when it comes to we dealing with some things in the Bible, this guy will say, Tony, you probably know the Bible more than I do. So you can help us out here. You don't know basic. This guy has never, he has never quoted a verse of the Bible in all our conversations in the past how many years we've known these people. But he knows the name of nearly all the ministers of the gospel that are popular, famous. So how do you expect that kind of person to be able to correctly or rightly divide the word of truth when they don't read their Bible? How would they even know when God is moving? When they prophesy into the life of their kids, how would they know whether it's correct or accurate? And parents can push their children to leave out a prophecy that's not according to God's plan for their lives. So the Christian life is not the one that you sit down, you just binge on Netflix Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, and Sunday you come to church. You can't grow. We have to be intentional about our own spiritual development. Amen. So let me go back to my notes so I see where we, where we stop. So I was talking about the, how to be able to clearly identify the word of wisdom that is from the Spirit of God. How does it connect to God's purpose? Somebody say you will marry somebody. What's my business with that? Somebody say you will buy a car. You will go abroad. Seriously? And one of the things why those things are thriving, those lies and deception are thriving, is because many believers, I repeat, do not know what Christianity is about. Many people come into Christianity thinking that Jesus will make them rich. I stumbled on a post. Somebody, who, one of my friends on Facebook, not my friend's friend, but you know Facebook friends, yeah, let's, commented on a post. So it was a picture of one of the greatest, not greatest, one of the most famous and popular men of God in Nigeria and Africa. And he said, you know, if you type amen, this and this will happen, blah, blah, blah. And people were commenting. And he gave a Muslim guy the opportunity to, in, I mean, to inject his thoughts in a thread. Saying, guys, literally, you guys are confused. Come to Islam because blah, blah, blah. And I gave him an episode. And there, I don't comment on things on Facebook. When it doesn't make sense, I scroll past. But for believers to be unintelligent and open the door for a, for a, a strange religion to come in and quote things there... I have to step in as a pastor to defend the gospel like the, the epistle tells me. And I have to tell the guy, see, you pray to God. Because I was, I was born to a Muslim family, so I know my stuff. You pray to God. God is your God. But through Christ Jesus, we become a child of God. So you pray to God. I, I talk to God. We chat. I don't need to go pray. I don't need to go wash myself clean, my outward body, to be able to pray to the Father. 
Even on the toilet, when, I ha- when anything shows up, right, I can release the power of God I have in me. But when you are in the toilet, you can't pray. If demon come and slap you in the toilet, you, have, you want to come out and go and wash your hands and your leg before you pray. No, no. We have access to the Father. We walk with the Father. God lives inside of us. Amen. When we sin, when we make mistakes, right, we, act, we speak to our Father in us. And, if, and we receive forgiveness. We don't have to go and do Asta Gafri lie on 20 times. It's the kind of word that Muslims say is a number of times for them to receive forgiveness. Amen. So, I will not tell you. Somebody wants to ask me what was my Muslim name. I will not tell you because people will start calling me that name, right? So, I know my stuff, right? And I'm not, and I have um, well-respected people who are still of Islam, uh, Islamic faith that, like uncles and stuff. So, I'm not having a dig at Islamic faith, but I'm trying to tell you there's a difference. We carry the life and the power of God, and I can demonstrate it any day, any time. Amen. So when believers don't know their stuff, that's when they will be saying all kind of nonsense on Facebook and given all kind of religions to come in and say nonsense. So believers better fix themselves. Amen. So I don't blame people. The covetous Christianity that was preached to them is, is what they believe and they hold on to and why somebody can come and prophesy something into their future and say, bring money. Can I say it to you authoritatively? God in Christ Jesus has not demanded and will never demand you to pay money for any blessing. I repeat it. God in Christ Jesus has not demanded and will never demand of anyone to pay anybody money to receive blessings. So whatever kind of Christianity that was introduced to you, telling you you need to pay for certain things, you need to sow seed for the things that God has given you in Christ Jesus. That Christianity is fake. It is a fake Christianity. What I teach you by the word of God is a real Christianity. And I'm bold about it, and I can talk about the gospel of Christ Jesus that I believe 24-7, any day, any time. In Christ Jesus, we don't pay for the blessings of God. We receive with thanksgiving by faith. In Christ Jesus, we don't seek a spiritual covering over our head. We walk in the covering and the power of the Holy Ghost given to us. I saw on a church website, somebody was inviting me to a meeting. And the man was talking about the covering bishop. I said, anytime I see something like a covering bishop, a covering pastor, a covering reverend, I stay away. Because I can't find it in the Bible. It's not in the gospel. The Bible says that we are joint heads with Christ and we all have access to the Father by one spirit, the Holy Spirit. The elders in the church, the teachers in the church, the pastors in the church are to equip, train, develop people so that they can do the works of service, not to provide a spiritual covering. It does not exist. Did they cover you at night when demons attack you? I'm not saying that people should disrespect their pastor or their prophet or whatever, but I'm saying that whatever is not in the Bible or in the word of God, I will not advocate it or encourage it. So if this has rubbed some people the wrong way, instead of you attacking me, and I'm ready, instead of you attacking me, go into the Bible. Because I'm only speaking what the Bible says and you are getting upset. Should we not then question the authenticity of your Christianity? If I speak anything according to the word of God or any believer speak anything according to the word of God and some people get offended because we quote the Bible, we should question the integrity 
and the authenticity of their Christianity. They are fake Christians. I say it with authority. They are fake Christians. If any Christian disagree or take offense at the words of Jesus and the epistles, they are not genuine Christian. So you better know who you are rolling with. Amen. To a very much extent, many times I prefer to watch some secular movies. Like, um, what's this Mission Impossible game? Tom Cruise. Sometimes I enjoy Tom Cruise movie than I enjoy some Christian movie. Because when I'm watching Tom Cruise, I know I'm watching fiction. I'm watching Mission Impossible. They go to Dubai. I'm just laughing at them, right? I'm getting entertained in the sense. I'm supposed to watch a Christian movie who tells me that God give and God take. Uh, no. Four hours of Tom Cruise is, he- is safer for me than 30 minutes of that word of death. I'm telling you the truth. Because when you are watching a Christian movie, your guards are down. And because it's a Christian movie, you are open, your ears are open to receive, to hear. And when they minister death unto you, you'll be surprised that that thing can stay in your life for the next five years. You know, well, Tom Cruise, when you're, when you're asleep, you may find yourself throwing your fist. That's okay. <laughs> Then to find yourself in a situation whereby you want to minister life to a person and you are preaching or teaching what you saw in a Christian movie. So, summary, let's go back to our Bible. Amen. So, we don't predict who to marry. Another thing, we don't predict who will become the president of a nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to election. See, when it comes to election, and presidency or governorship or whatever, if the power is in the hand of the people. Now, God can say, God can show people that this is the person you should vote for. This is the person who will lead the government in the, lead the nation in the right direction. But human beings can rig election. They can choose to assassinate the person that God has appointed. Anything can happen. So when a prophet stands and says, God spoke to me, this person will be the president, and the person does not become the president. And then they make unbelievers to make us look like we don't know what you're saying. If, amen. So when God tells you that this person will be the next president, to what intention, to what purpose? We should start checking our intention, our motives. Motive, let me, um, motive. Why are you prophesying it? Some people, it's for recognition. They want attention. They want people to respect the so-called anointing in their life. It makes no sense. So what the wisdom is not to be prophesying things that human beings can change is to know the will of the Father, his purpose, then we then begin to pray, pray his will unto her. Look, bear this in mind. Satan is the God of this world. And one of the reasons why God has to reveal his plan and purpose to us by the word of wisdom is so that we can pray it into place. We can mobilize resources to make it happen because God's plan and purpose will never happen automatically. Write it down. God's plan and purpose for that will not happen automatically as long as the devil is in this world and human beings can stand against the will of God. For God's plan and purpose to come to pass in any area, in any place, it has to be through the instrumentality of people. So if people's minds are not aligned with the plan and purpose of God, nothing will happen. If God wants your child to be a preacher, a teacher at the age of 15, if you take him or her to a place where all they do 
is just immorality, right? And it does not have any access or anything to hear the God's word or anything. It's not going to happen except by supernatural intervention or somebody praying for that child somewhere. Amen. Okay, let me not get into how Jesus prayed, how people prayed to have, I mean, how the coming, the coming of Jesus was prayed into place. A lot of people died in the process. To be able to get Jesus here, it was serious battle. I was going to talk about Ruth. Uh, Ruth, okay, okay, okay. That's going to be so exciting. Let me not go there. All right, so uh, you can fill in the blank as well. So let's carry on, please. Now, so let's look at the vehicles of words of wisdom. What channels do they come through? One of them is the, the Bible. As you're reading the word of God, you will see something. The Holy Spirit will open your eyes to see something that has to do with the, I mean, with God's plan and purpose. As you read through your Bible, and I think it's, it's from my, my own point of view, it's one of the most accurate place to um, get the revelation of God's plan and purpose. And that is for students who can rightly divide the word of truth, who can correctly interpret the Bible. When Job said, God give it and God take it, they can say, no, it was the devil who, give, who, take it, who took it. They don't interpret um, Job's comment as God's word. It saddens my heart that mega churches build their doctrine on God give it and God take it. Job was just, Job was not in his right mind. He, he, he was not spiritually minded. He did not know God. Where does God kill? Jesus said, Satan um, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Where does God kill? We read last week in the book of 1 John 1 that there's no darkness in God. There's no evil in God. So it takes the right to students who understand the word of God to be able to pick out by revelation the plan and purpose of God from the Bible. So Christianity is not coasting. It's Christ to live a vibrant Christian life, you have to be intentional about your Christian life. Intentionally want to grow intentionally want to know, know the word of God, want to grow spiritually. It comes with a lot of intentionality. Amen. So revelation of God's word. Next one is visions. Let me, let's read through this very quickly. I'm glad we'll be able to do this today. Praise God. Uh, Acts 9, 11. Acts 9, 11. Now this is... Um, Jesus speaking to Ananias. Uh, let me take it from, okay, let me take it from verse 10. The Bible says here, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Now, this is not one of the apostles, or not one of the apostles. This is just a regular guy that goes to church, right? Uh, and that's why it's called a disciple there. At Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, so you see there, it's a vision. Uh, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming, to, coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man. How much harm 
he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Verse 15. That's what I want us to carefully, uh, verse 15 and 16 is what I want us to pay careful attention to. I'll take verse 15 again from the beginning. But the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. He want, God wants to bear his name before Gentiles and he's choosing this guy. Amen? Now, verse 16, it says, For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. This has to do with the future. So vision is one of the ways that God, communic- I mean, God communicates his plan and his purpose. And God's plan and purpose revealed to us is what we call the gift of the word of wisdom. His future. What did God want to do there? He wants to, um, you know, he wants to reveal his name to Gentiles. Peter was a guy who had the opportunity, and that was even about chapter 10, who had the opportunity to minister the gospel to the Gentiles. But Peter kind of had struggled to this to some extent, and he was very, very, very strong Jew. But Paul, who was uh, like, who was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, God is just so amazing. And this is what we we're talking about last week that God's wisdom is amazing. And God said he wants to reveal his manifold wisdom to principalities. There are some principalities and powers in, in, among the Jews and the Gentiles there. And God has chosen this guy, Paul, to reveal his name, to bear his name to the Gentiles. Amen. Let's quickly go to Acts 16. Uh, verse 9. So, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Someone say it's a dream. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, now after he had seen the vision, immediately we, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord has called us to preach the gospel to them. So with these two examples, you can see there that it's, just, it's about... God's plan and purpose, preaching the gospel, helping people to come to the knowledge of the truth, to know their identity, because God's mission is to reconcile everyone back into harmony, fellowship with himself. So the Christian life is not the one to come and make, come and get your car. You know all those words they call gospel song that brandish and flash jewelries and luxurious cars. Those are with all, not with all due respect, with all boldness, absolute nonsense. If you define Christian prosperity and that God has blessed you with the hired limousine or Rolls Royce, which is not even your own in the first place, I get him as God has blessed you. People watching and listening, let us think. He does not own the car and he's giving you a, maybe, maybe he's speaking by faith. But many people want to live that lifestyle and they call that prosperity. What about in, in remote villages whereby to have a bicycle is a sign of wealth? So does that mean they are poor? I would define prosperity as simple as a sufficiency. Having sufficiency in all things. Not luxury. Having sufficiency in all things. Not that you should not have luxury. Somebody may say, because pastor, you don't wear designer, that's why you're angry. I don't like them. I don't like them. 
You know, I see people when they, when they manifest their Chanel and their Givenchy. And I don't like them because many of them don't believe in the gospel. Why do I want to be bearing the brush of an evil incarnate? Why? People who, who sponsor programs and initiatives to silence the gospel. Why do I want to bear their name? No. If their name by chance happened to show up by force on my jacket or anything, fine. Because they give credit to whom credit is due. But for me to be identifying myself and rejoicing... Let me make it, let me slow down. For me to identify myself with the designer and say, you know, and then, how do I put this down? Identify myself with the designer and rate myself because of the designer I wear. It's not to be thinking straight. Don't get offended, don't get offended, just the truth. You know, in Transformers Church, you hear the truth. I'm not saying don't wear designers, but to, to determine my value, that's what I'm looking for. To determine my value by the designer I wear is that our head is not correct. Yes, it means we don't understand the gospel. It's always really feeling for you guys that this guy is mean this morning. Yes, we're not thinking straight. I repeat, enjoy your designer. Enjoy your gold. Enjoy your giving. Enjoy all of them. Enjoy your product. Enjoy them. But if you come to my house and you start rating me based on the fact that I'm wearing, I don't want to mention the guest name, I'm wearing High Street brand and not luxurious brand, I may not invite you to my house next time. Because my value is in what Jesus did for me on the cross. And that is what I choose to demonstrate and, and brand. Amen. Praise the Lord. So what did we say about Brother Paul? So he had a vision that God wants him to go to a particular place to preach the gospel. Gospel. Amen. Agabus. Let's look at Acts chapter 9 verse 11 to 15. I got to hurry up here a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's go back to that. Uh, Acts chapter 9. Oh, I, I think I let me say, I think I mix, I've mixed that up here. Yeah, someone can help me with I, I guess prophesied that there's going to be a famine and stuff like that. I can't remember right now. I'm in a bit in a hurry. Let me skip that one. Um, sorry, not that one. I was looking at Acts chapter 21 where Agabus prophesied that Paul was going to be bound if he went to Jerusalem. Was, I, was it Rome? As it Jerusalem? Let me check. Let's go there. Acts chapter 1. 21. Sorry. Thank you. I'm rushing. I think I should just keep it. Yes, please. Uh, else I will not do a good job. Let me skip that one because it's going to take me some time. I want to ensure I close this today. So prophecy is another vehicle through which, um, you know, we can receive the word of wisdom. The another one is dream. We all know about Joseph's dream, whereby where he um, his sheave stood, his sheave of corn stood, and um, uh, the sheaves of his brothers surrounded it and bowed to him. And um, I feel I should read that one. Let's go there very quickly. Genesis, 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 Genesis thirty-seven. 37, 3 to 11. It's pretty long, though. Okay, let me try to go all the way down to verse, verse 10. So he told it, he told it to his father and his, and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I, shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. 
take your time to read the book of Genesis. Uh, okay, let me just jump ahead of myself a little bit here. The, the dream came to pass eventually. But if you look at it in context, when the dream came to pass, uh, it was about Joseph. How do I put this? So there was going to be a famine in the land that would take people out. And God knew this was going to happen. So in a sense, how he kind of communicated that to... the. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm trying to summarize like six million things in one sentence. So there was going to be a famine in the future. And God was going to send someone to Egypt ahead of time to preserve the Israelites. Don't forget, all of this is a journey to the coming of Jesus Christ. If you, majority of what you see in Old Testament is pointing to us and is a kind of um, a series of events leading to the coming of Jesus that helped me to, to summarize this very carefully. So all of the, moving from one nation to another nation, all this kind of thing, all of these are prep work to, you know, for Jesus to come to earth. And um, even though what Joseph saw was that his family's sheaves were bowed to him, and it was kind of a boss, not the boss, as a leader in a sense, but the original intention was to preserve the lineage that through whom Jesus will come and to preserve the life of humanity in a sense. We don't know. Maybe the all of the Israelites will have died if Joseph and his son, sorry, if uh, Jacob and his sons have not been able to get to Egypt to buy food when Joseph was there as king. So in my own opinion, Joseph becoming the king of, uh, becoming the prime minister in Egypt is not the end goal. I know many people kind of see it as, you know, God would to Joseph from prison too. You know, if you look at it in context, it was to preserve his lineage through whom Jesus will come. Amen. Good for Joseph became king. But what was God's plan and purpose? To preserve that generation in time of severe famine so that Jesus will still make it here. So every word of wisdom should, I repeat, link to God's plan and purpose. Amen. I hope I summarize it well. There's a lot I am tempted to go into it, but please just permit me to just jump ahead of myself a little bit there. Um, let's look at 2 Corinthians 11, 4. So, you know, we talked about Joseph's dream, right? What then I also want to call out here is this. I'm usually skeptical about this dream matter. Now, God speaks and reveals things to people through dreams, and the Spirit of the Lord should interpret that dream to us. So when some people say their, their specialty is interpreting dreams, you are walking the borderline of problem. Yes. Because God can code certain information to you, but the Holy Ghost in you is the best interpreter of that dream. Somebody from outside, except they are discerning, right, may not accurately interpret that dream. So, Kids, listen to me. Not that you have a dream and somebody says something to you on social media and you start asking them to interpret a dream for you. Anybody can plug anything in a dream and make anything out of it or make anything up. The reason why I'm emphasizing this is because a lot of Christians, you know, their life has been messed up because of the so-called, because of what they see in a dream. People say, ah, Pastor Tony, I had a dream. And my dream comes to pass. What did you see? I saw that I was going 
in, in, in a river. And I saw the guy on the other side of the river. And I had to cross the river to go and meet my future husband. They are already interpreting it. And they, there was so much... There was so the, the river was so wide and the first and, and the volume of the water was so um, uh, and oh Lord Jesus. And and I saw a, a man, a white man behind me, and he put he just kind of parted the, the, the river. The river has then stopped. And I went through and I went to meet the this my boyfriend on the other side of the river. Do you think do you think God is telling me that that person's my husband? All manner of nonsense. All my, I mean, I've had all manner, I've had people tell me all manner of dreams. And they say, you know, God speaks to me through dreams. Yes, hear this. God may speak to you through dreams, but not all the dreams you have is God speaking to you. I repeat, God may speak to you through dreams, but not all the dreams you have, even though they have an angel, not all of them is God speaking to you. So you got to be able to know by your spirit which dream is from the Lord. I remember I had a dream some time ago and Holy Spirit said to me, don't, don't even think that dream. Don't pay attention to it. He said, the devil is trying to get your attention. He said, don't even, don't try to remember it. He said, he's trying to get your attention. And each time my mind wants to go there, I could strongly feel the Holy Spirit kind of like guiding me, guarding me and saying to me, don't go there. He wants to get your attention. And it was a nasty dream. I didn't think about it. I didn't dwell on it. And I didn't see that thing happen in my life. Amen. So beware of dreams and the dreamers in your family. God has given you an authentic way to hear him by spirit in you and his written word. I repeat, by spirit and his written word. There are some dreams you see and when you stand up, you say, Satan, you're a liar. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 11.4 very quickly. Then I'll show down there. 2 Corinthians 11.4. The power shall not cut. The devil is a liar. <laughs> right. Watch this. For if he, this is Nick and James, for he who comes, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached. Wait, wait, wait. What am I looking at? Sorry, let me get my glasses. Uh, let me see this. Uh... I think I'm reading. I got. A, I must have gotten wrong in my in my note. Uh, wait, so this is verse four. Sorry, I'm going to verse fourteen. Uh, bear with me. Fantastic, we get it. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen. My glasses is up now. So and no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Right. No wonder. In context, let me read 13. It says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So Satan can appear as an angel. I remember one day, uh, one of the men of God, ministers of the gospel that I respect, his wife had a dream, and somebody kind of appeared to him in the form of Jesus. And she was already believing it was Jesus. It was Jesus. And then the figure then said to him, I will die for you. Then she woke up. She was like, no, 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 no. Jesus already died for me. And all of a sudden, that image disappeared. So we are in dangerous times, and the kingdom of darkness is, I mean, their presence is quite strong. I mean, when I say strong, I mean they are very evident. 
So we got to be very careful. We get to know the word of God. We got to go for after the truth. Because one deception can take anybody out. Amen. Praise God. So I hope uh, that blesses you guys. And that brings me to the end of this uh, teaching, the word of wisdom. Um, as I carry on, I'll be able to you know, touch on a few things um, about the fact that we should not allow people to worship us or we should not worship people because they can prophesy. Right? We should not, you know. Amen. Praise God. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word has come to us.